You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by HuntStand. HuntStand is the number one hunting app in the country, and at only $29.99, HuntStand offers a ton of functionality for hunters all over the country. Whether you own your own property or strictly hunt public, you can choose from over a dozen base maps, view property ownership information, 3D mapping, local weather, log your sightings and harvest, as well as use their trail cam management software, and print maps from your hunt areas. Download it today at the Apple App Store or Google Play. Hunt Stand. Upgrade your arsenal. The Houndsman XP Podcast is fueled by Joy Dog Food. Joy Dog Food has a rich tradition of supporting the Houndsman of America. Founded in 1945, Joy is proud of its history and the relationship it has built with the American Houndsman. And in 76 years, there's never been a recall. Made with 100% American-made high-quality ingredients, Joy Dog Food has one of the highest calorie-dense formulas on the market. For 76 years, this made-in-America product has kept hunting dogs in the field day after day, season after season. And when we say made in America, Joy has a long track record of fighting for American freedoms by being on the front lines against the animal rights movement and their extremist tactics. Joy will fuel your hounds and fight for your freedoms. Fueled by Joy. is the Houndsman XP Podcast. Good dog, get that bear. Get that bear in here. The original podcast for the complete Houndsman. The podcast that represents our lifestyle of extreme performance. Get up there! Get him! Get him! Yeah! Good boy! Good boy, Ranger! Uniting houndsmen across the globe from east to west, north to south. You know, if you're going to catch a cat or a lion, you know, you have to have teamwork. We take you to the wildest places on earth. Yeah, so how many days how many days a week do you spend out there? As much as I can to be honest with you. Anytime that I get I'm I'm out there. 
Join us for every heart-pounding adventure on Houndsman XP. I'll tell you like I tell everyone else, I'm going to hunt whether you're here or not, so you might as well be here. You are listening to The Truth on the Houndsman XP Podcast Network, and man, I don't know what we're doing with this. Josh doesn't know what we're doing with this thing yet. Um, We're just having fun with it interviewing some great guests, getting some great messages out there. And for all of you that have not been listening to the Houndsman XP podcast for very long, welcome aboard. We are so glad that you are tuning in with us on the Houndsman XP podcast network to hear these stories from hunters that started out just like all the rest of us did and, you know, have have achieved a lot of their goals and uh, continue to work hard to to be successful and and keep reaching out there and I think it's a good inspiration for all of us as houndsmen regardless of what we're turning our hound loose on regardless of the color of hound you're turning loose man there's a lot of good information a lot of um, success stories and that's why we call it the truth the truth is Anyone who is willing to put in the work, who's willing to ask questions, find people who have the knowledge, anyone can be successful in this sport. You don't have to be gifted with some kind of supernatural talents, physical abilities, things like that. And this is a sport that anybody can get involved with. And and that's the story that we continue to bring out. All of us started out the same way not knowing what we were doing. The difference is some of us uh, surrounded ourselves with great houndsmen and learned from them. And that's the cool thing about the truth. The truth is you cannot become a great houndsman sitting on the couch scrolling through social media and reading about other people's experience. The truth is you cannot become a great houndsman by listening to this podcast The truth is, you got to get out there and you got to get after it. The truth is, I'm producing this podcast under generator power. (laughs) And I'm not kidding. You can probably hear it running in the background. But uh, we are so dedicated to, to putting the truth out there and putting this show together for all our houndsmen that we're even going to do it under generator power if we have to. I don't know what's going on with my electricity. But uh, anyway, guys, hey, like I said, Listen to this message, you know, take in each episode, absorb what we're putting out there, and hopefully it'll come back around when you need it. We just got a message this past week from an individual who uh, was running his dog, and he sent us a message talking about how he remembered something that he had heard in an earlier podcast when his dog was struggling, and he was able to work his dog and, and work through the problem. So it's out there. It's not just entertainment. We actually can be useful idiots at times. But, guys, I really appreciate it. I'm going to get to it. Josh is queued up with some friends. You guys are going to enjoy this one. It's time to dump the Old South Dog Box. (laughs) 
Southern Hound Hunting Magazine is the most comprehensive magazine that represents your lifestyle as a houndsman. If you can hunt it with a hound, it is being covered in the pages of Southern Hound Hunting Magazine. You also get an in-depth look at the men and women who are engaged in this lifestyle, living it every day to the fullest. From the Rocky Mountains to the Southern Swamps and across the ocean with articles about our international houndsmen and what they're chasing across the pond. Go to southernhoundhunting.com, get your subscription for $15 a year. Southern Hound Hunting Magazine, promoting the fair chase experience. All right, we are live. This is The Truth on the Houndsman XP Podcast Network, and I am joined today by... Mr. Jed Finley, who's on his second podcast, and Mr. Zane Allen, who, fortunately for all of you, you've never met. <laughs> so, what we're going to do here is, uh, it's going to be like a recap. We're going to go over some of the stuff that we've heard in the first uh, three episodes of the podcast, and, you know, just kind of shoot the bowl, talk, rules, questions. I had a bunch of questions that... I had wrote down, but I lost them all. So we're just going to wing it like we do. And uh, we're just going to talk coon dogs. So we're anyway, we're getting ready for We just got done with the woodshed. Jed didn't go because he was mule deer hunting. Zane didn't go because he didn't have an entry. So I guess I just got done with the woodshed hunt. That is correct. <laughs> that is correct. Did you kill mule deer, Jed? No. We are now 222 days, 23 days of mule deer hunting. Still ain't killed one. That sounds like a Jed problem. Yes. I bet every guy that he shows up with, he's like, oh, man. <laughs> I'm guessing their success rate is better than that normally. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Jed was out in Nebraska mule deer hunting, and we got done with the woodshed. We're getting dogs ready for the world hunt. Zane, you're getting ready for the world hunt. You got, what I've, you got getting ready? I've got Wiz and a two-year-old out of big money I call Easy. So you got Wiz and money. You guys sold one at Super Stakes, didn't you? Yes, we sold the Jack Dog we had. The Jack Dog who bought it. Brian Wyrick brought him back. Oh, that's right. Yep. Yeah, I didn't know that. So tell me about Wiz. For those that don't know, Zane Allen is co-owner of uh, what is his full registered name? Just Wizbang or Dempsey's, Dempsey's Wizbang? Dempsey's Wizbang. Wizbang. So he's co-owner of Wizbang with Chris Freiberger, Jeremy Burns. Is Brookshire in on him or just no, no, just those three? And Dempsey is out of. Or Wiz is out of Dempsey, who is out of Trader. So he goes back to Jed's line of dogs. Uh, Zane is also the co-owner of the Con Dog, who you guys have seen on the YouTube channel that I own with him. And you've seen Zane featured on the YouTube channel a couple times, too. So we thought we'd get him over here, and we'd talk coon dogs, and we'd talk rules, and we'd talk competition hunts, and we'd just talk a little bit of everything. But uh, tell me about Wiz, Zane. What's Wiz like? Start trust. From cut loose to tree, tell me what Wiz is like. Tell all the listeners. Bark. <laughs> is that what you was getting at? That's kind of what I was getting at. I figured at. that's where you was going. Uh, that's basically his forte. He likes to bark. He's a coon trier. Uh, we've had a little success with him. One second at his three-year-old Super Stakes. So, yeah, he's a reserve champion. Super Stakes reserve champion, right? Yes, sir. Yep. Platinum champion. Yes, he's got twenty one thousand and some change. One, I think, and got what are the, how old are them dogs now? 
Five. Five, right? yes. Five. Yeah, so they ain't super old. They're younger than Rain's litter. Yep. Yeah. So he's he got, is the one trader-style dog that barks. Yes. And, and I Dempsey mean, would throw that some, because Delta barked quite a bit, too. I mean, she, was, yeah. she didn't bark like Wiz did, but she was a good track dog. No, but he's, a, he's an exception he to the rule. Well, there was that one out of uh, Ralph that barked, too, out of Ralph and Squeak, that chopped on the ground a bunch. I don't know where that dog's at. I don't either. And then there was Trick, but Trick was not a very good strike dog. No, she she was a fifty strike dog, but, but once barked, she barked, once she opened her stupid rattling barking head, she kept it open it the was whole on time. Like donkey Kong. Maybe. Oh, I mean, just chop, 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 chop. Drove me crazy, but a coon treer and a real pretty dog too. Does Wiz drive you crazy? Wiz, not my favorite dog on the planet. Not gonna lie, but. There's a lot of things I like about Wiz, and mostly it's, it's heart. Because when everybody's wore out and nobody wants to go, Wiz is too stupid to know that he's wore out, and he'll still go coon hunting. He'll still get struck. Yeah, he'll still get still struck. Still get treated. And he's pretty good in a cast, especially. He's really good about having his coons. Every time I've been with Wiz in dogs, uh, Wiz is real good about having his coons. So, I mean, really, what do you need? One thing that's nice about him, he always gets them to the pay window. Yeah, and then, you know, Brett Myers... Who was on? Who we recorded that'll air after this? Told me that who was it? Halverson or someone told him that the strike points are the easiest points a dog can get. Yep. All I got to do is bark. He goes, so why not have one that just barks? Yep. <laughs> Which is a good point. Drives me crazy, but it's still a good point. And so, uh, what about Easy? Easy's out of big money. Yes, I like Easy's mouth the way Easy. he uses it a lot more than I do Wiz's. Easy's a good strike dog, but he doesn't bark like Wiz yep. does. Yep. He's not a babbling retard, is what you're saying. Well, he's not a babbler, anyways. He kind of is, though. He'll open. Yeah, he he carries it good. Yeah, he's just. But he's got a big hound mouth, good clean yes. clean hound mouth. He I like just that. leans more on the retarded part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, Jed, you've been getting rain and scent ready. Yep. And how they've been looking? I don't even want to discuss it after last <laughs> night. Um, now, didn't Rain, didn't Rain just do a good job at the woodshed? She did on Friday night. She, she looked like a puke on Saturday. Yeah. Saturday, <laughs> we cut loose. It was me, uh, Brett Myers, Derek Furness, Sean Wood. And we cut loose. Of course, I strike for a quarter, as she does. She gets real quick down the edge of a cornfield and just slides into the timber maybe 20 yards bang, locates trees. I assume she found one in the corn, pushed it up looking at it, I tree her. I go in there, it's a gut slick. I mean, gut slick. The coon's probably, I don't know, 20 feet away in a big hackberry, and she's on this little hedge that leans over that somehow in the middle of October, early October, doesn't have a freaking leaf on it. Couldn't even circle it. And so I cut her off that. We go back to Brett. Uh, he's got a coon. Uh, Sean's dog has a coon. Rain Street again. I tree her before we get back to this one because I'm already down a hundred and a quarter, and I'm, I know I'm going to be down when these dogs we score these because they're the pro classics. Them dogs have their coons, and so I'm going to have. I figure I'm going to have three, four coons. I got time, and we're in good coons, so I figure I can do it. And she goes in there and gets treed again, and I tree her. And one of my kids are making noise upstairs. I'm going to have to go up there and slap them. But anyway, <laughs> the uh, I tree her. And we get, she trees probably eight or nine minutes, shuts it off, two catches her. She don't leave. I'm still looking at her on the tracker. Two catches her. I take another 100 pump. 
She leaves there, goes 100 yards, gets treated again, and I withdraw her. By that time, they've treated two coons. I'm down a million. There's no sense. I'll just get out of the way. So I go in there and get her. She's got a coon there, and I went back to where she was, and she had a little coon in a bush, and I drug it out and, and chewed on it and killed it and took a pop. So Friday night, she looked good. Saturday night, not so much. So I don't know what. I think uh, Croson, Yant, and Sean got in Saturday night. Yep. And I drew... <clears throat> Yant and Croson. I had a power pack cast on Friday night. Yes, you did. It was Steve Yant, national champion, Ryan Croson, world champion, million time super stakes champion, and the winningest dog <laughs> of all time. Yeah. So that wasn't too bad. But she treated a couple of coons there and looked pretty good one day. And so then she, the wheels fell off. So I gave her back to Jed so he could get her ready. It's been a struggle. And then what did Sint do last night? You hunted with Jeremy last night. Oh, uh, she looked pretty. Pretty pitiful. <laughs> I mean, to say say it in layman's terms, pretty pitiful. How's Wiz been looking? I just got him back after Super Stakes, and he's treated a few coons, but yeah. nothing special. Well, tell me about whenever, because I remember whenever you guys were going out to Super Stakes when he made that run and looked good and almost won Super Stakes. And what was he doing right before you guys took him out there? He was looking good. Uh, me and you was actually hunting quite a bit together and uh, hunting him and Con. And he was just treeing coons by himself like he want one. Yeah, and then he, he went into that little trailing spell where he didn't want to get treed right before you guys left for Super Stakes, which is, I thought was awesome. Yeah. I thought that's good. The dog, the coons, because it was dry. Remember, yes. it was real dry whenever we went out there. Or whenever you guys took him out there. You about done, Jed. Yeah, I just had to move the mic. <laughs> all right. Anything else? Well, let, let, just get comfortable. All right. I'm trying to. Let me know when you're ready. I, I really wish we had some backs on these stools. <laughs> yeah. yeah, or some recliners. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're going to have to get your uh, XP podcast booth set up a little better here. Whenever you get your kennels built, just put a podcast studio in it, and I'll come over there. We can do it. But anyway, where were we? Oh, yeah, it was real dry. So Wiz went into – he wasn't making any bad trees or nothing. When he had his trees, he had his coon, and he was – Covering a lot of ground, but the coons weren't moving, and it was terrible conditions out. So. And hopefully he's looking like that again because he's still in the covering ground mode. So well, That's good. I remember one night we turned him, Bella, and I think Con loose. Whenever we turned loose north of the hay shed, and Wiz was at like 1.95 miles, and Bella was like 1.75 miles, and Con was like 1.2 miles or something like that. All Did you drive? Bridge. Oh, yeah, we drove to every tree. I don't think, no. We, we got them gathered, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> but we, uh, I don't think we could get, we, we, we could only get like 600 yards from Wiz. Yeah. But yeah, that was, he'll cover ground. That was got a big motor. Mm-hmm. And we've always talked to motor wins, it motor wins. wind coon hunts. Yes, so I know we don't all agree on the barking, but that's no. one thing I think every one of us will agree on, that the mm-hmm. hustle has to be there. And he has hustle. When he's tired and we're up. Because, I mean, when you guys got him in at Super Stakes, it was Thursday night late round before you got him in. So he'd hunted all week. Yes. And then you got him in, double cast win on Friday. And then did you have to hunt it early on Saturday? No, it was just uh, It was just the finals final on Saturday. Yeah. So he hunted two nights. And how many, he won an early round. No. He we didn't. never won an early round until Thursday. He, uh, me and Chris alternated taking turns handling him. I handled him Monday and Wednesday. He handled him Tuesday and Thursday, and we all lost Monday through Wednesday, and then Chris <laughs> got on a streak, and the rest was history. I thought he won an early round on, like, Tuesday or something. Probably a good thing he didn't. 
Because yeah. he was wore out by the time you guys got done with him Saturday. Yeah, and like Jed said, he was just getting in his groove. That was probably the best thing to happen to him was to wait till Thursday and, yep. and get in a groove and go. That's what the people don't understand is, like especially with duds and them, you just had to wait till they were hot and then find a hunt to get them to. That's a fact. Some dogs you couldn't get, like you couldn't get him ready. Yeah. There's no, there's no getting him ready. I remember the world hunt one year. The... UKC world. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jed, tell us about that cast with old Dudsy. Well, I never had been in a more interesting cast in my entire life. <laughs> There's no way I was going to win this cast. Zero possible chance. No, because Nathan Myers was putting a beat down on us. At yeah, first. and then and then they got him, he got scratched. Yeah. So now it's me and two black and tan, man. And... Well, neither one of them were going to let each other win that cast. <laughs> so by golly gee, I just slip right in and get the OCW. I didn't. I mean, I didn't know the rules or even what was going on. Let so me I, let me let me preface this for a little bit because I didn't want to hunt him. How many times has Dad's been qualified for the UKC World Hunt? I think the last four years. Yeah, he's been a bunch. We've never took him to zones. Nope. So I talked Jed into handling him at zones, and. He wasn't ready. It ain't like we'd been hunting the dog or nothing. No, I think he got turned loose twice before yeah. zones all summer. Well, see, I hunted him in the spring, and I was going to try to get him qualified for the tournament championship, which is a cool hunt that I need to get qualified for. But uh, one of the hunts that he won was an RQE, and so he's qualified for zones, and we take him up there. And I didn't want to hunt him. Jed, Jed ends up hunting him, and Jed wins this cast on Friday night. What'd he do? He, he treated Coon out of the pickup, but he ended up getting, like, third and third on it or something no, like I that. No, I had 225 out of the pickup. No, that was the second night. The first night, no, that black oh, yeah. and tan guy treated right. him. The black yeah. and tan guy treated treat him on him his running. locate. Yeah, yeah treated him running. Yeah, Duds was still running, and then the black and tan guy treated his dog on Duds' bark. Yeah. And by the time Duds got treed and they all covered him, he was in for like third strike, it, third tree or something. Yeah, it Which you, so what we're saying is you got outhandled on that first strike. Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> hey, I was going against the professionals. So these guys have no idea who Jed Finley is. And let's also say that in Jed's younger years, he was a bear in a cast, miserable to draw, and knew the rules like the back of his hand and would beat you to death with them. And these guys have no idea who he is. And Jed's just letting them cut their own throat. And they're arguing and they're bickering and they're letting Dud slide into this thing and win it. And one of them actually tells Jed Finley that he needs to, to man up and, and start standing up for himself with these casts or he's never going to win anything. <laughs> Didn't he even ask him if he'd ever been in a hunt or yeah. something? Yeah, he asked me. He goes, how many casts have you been in? I said, I just, just like my first one. I mean, he was he was he was trying to help me out. It was nice a, guys, super oh, nice guys, super nice they guys. Were. I mean, they were really trying. And to that help one me black out. dog wasn't a bad dog. They were together more than what we like. Yeah, but he mm-hmm. had a bad habit of treeing anything that located. Well, no, that guy would treat anything that located. And they Doug, were all slick trees. Oh well, yeah, that's true too. <laughs> and Dutch treed most of them. Yeah. Hey. Looking back at it, though, it's probably a good thing they had never heard of Jed Finley. That is probably and, good. Or they wouldn't have been good guys yeah. and said, hey, you need to learn this stuff. Hey, <laughs> they did help me out by learning a few things that night. <laughs> Briar Creek Kennels is your complete hound hunting outfitter. Boots, lights, collars, and tracking equipment. 
dog boxes, kennel supplies, collars, clothes, squalors. Whew, they have it all. Briar Creek Kennel is a garment and dog trade dealer. Owner Chris Girth will ensure Briar Creek Kennel customers will get top of the industry customer service. Whether you purchase from their website or you find them at a major coonhound event, Chris and his staff will share expert knowledge and experience about every product they offer. Chris Girth is a top competitor and breeder of hounds. He knows what gear you need to be successful. Look for Briar Creek Kennels on the web for a complete online store or look at their fully stocked trailer at any major coonhound event. Briar Creek Kennels, offering a hound hunting public generations of excellence. And so we get past that cast, and then the second night does actually look pretty good. Oh, sharp. Yeah. And tell me, tell me what happened there. <laughs> we treat coon for 225 out of the pickup. Cruise control. I'm not thinking anything besides it's just double. All we need is a cast win. Yep. We've, we've got our two cast wins. We're going to the world hunt. I'm mm-hmm. pretty excited about it because Duds has really never got a legitimate shot at anything. <laughs> so we're sitting there, and a dog ends up getting back in it, and I think takes the lead. It's, no. Or no, the stationary's no. running on no. me. And I got to treat Duds. They have to treat. You can't lose unless you get minus. Right. Yeah. And so I... But the stationary's running on me. Yeah. I got to trim. Yeah. Well, I trim. We walk and get within 80 yards of him. And Dud shuts up. Now, keep in mind, this dog had been treated him. in there for a half hour. Yes, and yeah. I can hear him sitting in there whining. Well, I know exactly what's happened as he's climbed this damn tree. So that's what happened. I get minus and end up getting beat. And he treated the only two coons in the cast. Yeah. Because he was 225 out of the pickup, treated in. That they covered, they treat a couple circle slicks, and then Duds treat that coon at the end. But we left you left him there because you didn't have to treat him. Yeah, and then they made you treat him, and it was SOL. But some <laughs> dogs, like Duds specifically, mostly Duds, will gut you in in a cast and just find so many different ways to lose. Oh yeah, they'll just find it. Yeah, like you think there's no way I can lose this cast. I always tell people never withdraw. I've seen him up six seven hundred. And just dominating the cast and everybody withdraw, and I'll say, you know, that's not a good idea. Yeah, the first hour? Oh, yeah. You know, I've hunted duds quite a bit, and the only time I think I ever seen him go back to a tree was when I was handling Mm -hmm. him in a cast. Yeah. Went back twice and got me scratched. I remember uh, Goob. Remember Goob was going to handle him. And this dog was three at the time. Yeah. And had done a little winning, not a lot. Isn't he like 27 now? Yeah, he feels like he's 108. I think he's born before I was. That dog will never die. He still looks great, too. A little gray. A little gray in the face, but he's been gray in the face since he was five. That's true. That is true. But, you know, he came off Jeremy's place. He may be 32. I don't know. It depends on when the Super Stakes was. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) But he just, all that talent, and sometimes he can keep it together for like an hour and a half, two hours, but never for a week. No. Never for a week. Nope. And that's why dogs like Wiz, even though I give him hell and he drives me crazy, is you know what you're getting. Yeah. You know, Bella was the same way. When you cut her loose, she knew she was going to hustle around and try to find a coon. Sometimes dogs were better at it than she was, mm-hmm. and they beat her. And that's well, probably one of Wiz's strongest points is his consistency. Yep. You know, yep. he, I'm not saying he's the best coon dog I've ever had, but he is consistent. He's the same thing every time you turn him loose. You know what you're going to get. And that is huge. 
I mean, I thought we had that. We had that with Con for about two years. Yes. And then he just completely derailed, which is partly my fault. But we talked about on all these podcasts, keeping dogs right. And I think Michael Ward mentioned it too, you know, how hard it is to get a dog up and down the road. And, and what's your guys' experience with that as far as Zane's seen it with Con, Jed, you've seen it with multiple dogs, shocks going through it right now. And a lot of these guys don't understand the toll that this takes. And what the, is my healer growling at you? Oh, yeah. He's yeah, like, your protection dog don't want us to do a <laughs> podcast no more. But uh, most of these guys don't know what it takes to take these dogs up and down the road and the pressure that it puts on them. How many dogs in the 10 years since we've all been hunting together, how many dogs have we burned up as far as they're still good coon dogs, but can't put them in a cast anymore? You know, and it's another one that you hate, but Dempsey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whenever Dempsey was two, he was one of my favorite dogs. He was a machine, I thought. And he was you, a machine. And what happened no. to him, Jed? I blew him up. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go through what Dempsey went through that year. Because you got him back from Stedman as what, a two-year-old or three-year-old? Two-year-old. Two-year-old. That's when we had the cabin. And we went, we went out to our cabin every spring, and we hunted young dogs. And me, you... Ed was there, I think. There was a bunch. I was yeah, Ralston, yeah, Chance. Yeah, 10 or 12 yeah. people. There were a bunch of people out there. And Dempsey, we'd never hunted with this dog. We'd never seen this dog. And Jed turns this dog loose, and we were like, holy wow. crap. And this is in April. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, Early April. I, I said wow twice that night. Yes. That I don't the first know how many, night I, I seen Trader go, coon, too. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how many coons he treed. That was the night Trader treed the squirrel or the flying no, squirrel. The, or, Weasel. The mink. Weasel. The mink. Weasel. The weasel. It was that's a weasel. Was. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it was about 2.30 in the morning. We hadn't cut him. And I said, Jed, are you going to turn Trader loose? He said, what do you mean? I said, I've never seen him go. He said, well, let's cut him. And I think he was a mile and a tenth or a mile and a half or he, something. He, he was, went away and he, he treated that weasel. He did a fine job. Yes. And, you know, I, I seen it first. I seen an eye and I hollered, here he is. And then it took off. <laughs> Jed said, that ain't a coon. <laughs> I said, well, I said, that weasel's got long legs if he run a mile and a half. Trader spent his life being gamey. Oh, yeah. I mean, even towards the end, he would Coyotes, still bump a deer or coyote deer. or armadillos in Texas or whatever. Hogs. Yeah, he loves he every now and then he'd still bump a hog. But anyway, we're, we're talking about burning out dogs. So yeah. we got to go through Dempsey. Dempsey shows up at the cabin hunt, April, dominates. And we were turning mostly pups loose, but we had some old dogs there too. We had mm-hmm. Trader, we had Duds, we had a couple old dogs there. Mm-hmm. And he just put on a coon tree and clan. We turned him loose a lot that night. Pretty much all night. And most of the Trader dogs are trailing type. Going to be a little ways sometimes if the coons aren't moving good. But Dempsey was wanting to get treed, and Dempsey was laying coons up. And this was before we had shock. You know, most mm-hmm. of the trader dogs at that time weren't like Trader laid a lot of coons up, but most of the pups out of him at that time didn't lay a lot of coons up, but Dempsey did. And so he was treeing coons close, while Duds and Bella, who needed a track, would be in there two miles, mm-hmm. you know, when the coons weren't moving, and they would have a coon. And we were all impressed. We thought, wow. So Jed goes, start taking Dempsey and putting him in hunts. Mm-hmm. And you got him, you started putting him in hunts in like August or something. It was later in the year because... I think it was June. It was June or July. Well, you didn't start pushing him very hard because the truck tick or the state race. Right. But it was like... It It was was late in the year. Yeah, it was June or July. And he almost wins the state race. Mm -hmm. Brett ended up beating him there towards the end. Brett had to get a dog back out that was winning the state by like $2,000 to keep Dempsey from getting it. You take him to... Super Stakes? No, we went to Grand uh, Masters Grand first. Masters Grand first. Masters first, and he got second. Second. And that was a big hunt at the time. That was a huge hunt. Yeah, I paid 10000 Yeah. And then Super Stakes? Yep. And he got in the top, what, 
uh, where Cass went away from getting in the finals. Yeah, he was top 16 or 20 yep. or something like that. And then World Hunt. Yep. And then we got final, I think, 18 at the yep. World Hunt. No, top 16 at the PKC World, too, because him and the Survivor, I think, were both oh, yeah, top that, 16 yep, that that's year. that's right. And then and fifth so, in the UKC World. Yeah, and fifth in the – oh, that's right. I forgot about the UKC World. You finished fifth, and you were – you had to get in that extra – you had to get that extra cast. Yep. Yeah. So – and that's not – I mean, there was a lot of state casts and open events and stuff like that that oh, we don't go to now. Yeah. But that dog got in a year. My and, foot was to the floorboard. Yes. And what happened the next year? He couldn't win a cast. Derailed. Yeah. Absolutely derailed. Yeah. He didn't have fun coon hunting anymore. No. Nope. And actually, that kind of happened. Zane hunted. That was, I was going to say, that was the same year because it was the end of – well, it was October, the first year of the pup hunt. Yeah. yeah. Jed called me the week of the pup hunt. Oh, tell us. Said, <laughs> do you want to handle Dempsey? I'm, I'm going to pull my earmuffs off. i got to walk over there and get my chewing tobacco. I want you to tell the story about Dempsey at the pup hunt. After he, now, keep in mind, this is a good coon dog. He really is. Now, Dempsey a little short on brain sometimes to suit me, but a coon – Oh, yeah. When Jed Absolutely. called me and asked if I wanted to hunt yeah. him in the pup hunt, I thought <laughs> he'd just give me the win. Yeah. You know, he's been he's been packing him around. You just named everything he had won the last four months. Yeah. Tell, tell all the listeners about it while I walk over here. And Jed called and said, do you want to handle him in the pup hunt? I said, Absolutely. And so we went hunting, the, I think, the Wednesday or Thursday night before yep. the pup hunt. Because we had Bella and Dempsey. We had Bella and Dempsey, and I think we made eight or nine trees, and I think that's what we looked at was eight or nine trees. It was, I a, don't, lot, it was a lot of bark. Yes, I don't know if we ever treated a coon the night before. No, we didn't. We just, I, I hadn't handled him, and I wanted to know what he sounded like. And so Jed says, that's perfect. He likes them looking like that going into a big hunt. <laughs> so there he boosted my self-esteem up even more, you know. I thought, here, he might as well just write me the check. Now, this hunt paid, the first year paid 15000 15000 yep. yes. yes. All right. And so we hunted the first round, the early round. I drawed you and uh, Joe Don, wasn't it, with the Jed dog? Yep. And Joe Don. All litter mates. Yes. I think Joe Don won our cast, beat, beat me by a quarter. I think uh, Dempsey covered a coon or something. And then I went back out in the late round, and I won the cast with a 600 minus 200 circle. Impressive. It was impressive. I'd, uh, I texted Jed and said, <laughs> do you want to kill this dog or do you want me to? <laughs> he said, why? And I come into the cabin and handed him the scorecard. And he said, wow, he was getting treed. I said, yes, he was. <laughs> I don't think we even, no, we didn't even hunt the full time because I drew Chris Freiberger with his money dog. She yeah. was just a pup. And uh, old Dempsey was getting treed. Chris finally had enough and said. He finally treed one circle tree or something like that. Yes, he that treed match. one circle tree. And uh, it I was, think it was slick. Yeah. It, it was absolutely <laughs> slick. I got in it and looked all the way out the top. Chris was judging. He circled it and withdrew. That was the only tree that Money wasn't on with him. And Chris said, I've had enough of this. Money was a nice dog as she got older, too. But in Dempsey's defense, we take him back the next week and take him to the world hunt and get him, yeah. you know. People don't hand. understand. And these competition dogs get a bad rap. Oh, they tree too much. Or, oh, they do this. And, oh, they do that. But nobody understands the beating these dogs take. Oh, no. They don't, they don't get it. No, you know, the the lion hunters out west and the and the bear hunters up north and stuff. They don't, 
yeah, their dogs are taxed and they're running hard, the running dog guys and stuff, they're running hard and stuff, but there's everything, every situation they put their dogs in is comfortable for them. Mm-hmm. You know, this dog has been turned loose in a pack of dogs since he was a baby. Yep. And you turn them loose on a bear, you turn them loose on a lion, and, and, and there's a pack of dogs there. These dogs have to be alone. They're getting corrected for doing things that dogs naturally do. They're getting, they know what they're supposed to do, and sometimes they can't do it, which even adds more stress to the dog. People don't understand what these dogs go through. They don't have a clue. So they'll see this dog like Dempsey, who's in a bad spell, who may treat 200 coons in a row and get second in grandmasters and get in the top 16 of the world hunt and get this and get that, and this dog's a really good dog, and then we blow him up, and he does what Zane just described, mm-hmm. trees a bunch of slicks in the row, and they think he's junk. Yep. And, but they don't understand what happened to that dog before any of that. They don't realize the miles that were put on no. that dog and well, covering countrysides. I started out with Dempsey saying he was one of my favorite dogs, but that weekend he was absolutely not one of my favorite dogs. I still think that Dempsey is one of the is probably the best reproducer out of Trader. He might have been. Oh, absolutely. Because you know, he's thrown out of two or three different females. He's thrown mm-hmm. a lot of winners. Delta was a good dog. Wiz is a platinum champion now. Delta's got to be close to a gold champion, or she is I a gold champion. I think she's a gold champion. She's close to yeah, platinum. Yeah, I mean, there's the Dixie female, Adam Kites. Yep. That's a good dog. I mean, there's he's thrown some stuff out of a lot of different females. But getting back into what these dogs go through, you just think of Dempsey. Somebody's getting a phone Jed. call. I said put it on silent, hey, not I vibrate. Can't help, I can't help when Big Tom Ragenbach calls me. <laughs> Hi, Big Tom. You're going to have to ignore, though, Jed. We're in the middle of something. I am. I'm turning the, the vibrate off. All right. But we burned Dempsey up. Yep. Uh, we already talked about Con. We burned him up. And Con didn't take much burning up because my line of dogs seems like they don't take near as long to burn up as Jed's line of dogs. They both do it, but in Con's case, it took... What? Three years. Yeah, three years. Yeah, he'd done. Mm-hmm. And actually only a year and a half of competition hunting. Yeah. I took him to Super Stakes, got him in. Uh, he got chewed up in the quarterfinals pretty bad, which doesn't bother Con as much as the guy would think because he's a little rough himself. And... Uh, Won two earlys at the World Hunt, couldn't get him in late, had some bad luck late. And after that, it was just, I got him final four of a few 500 added and stuff like that, and then he was done. Done. Duds was done probably in about the same amount of casts, <laughs> but later in life because yeah. I got aggravated at him and wouldn't hunt him. Uh, Dollar got burnt up. Yep. Uh, we kind of got Dollar back for a stretch before yep. he got sick. Ralph. Blew his, blew his, but he won quite a bit. He made gold champion before he got blew up. Truck tickets. Yeah. I mean, he he did it all, and I just, you know, you yeah. get on a roll with a dog, it's hard to stop. You can't. Just like how the reason Duds doesn't have what he's won, what he's got won, is because Dollar was there. Yeah, and Dollar just kept winning, so I couldn't put Dollar up and pack Duds, even though Duds was hot too at the time. And so it is hard to put a dog up that keeps winning. But yeah, when a dog, what are you doing with that blue heat or with that red healer? He's just jumping. and He wants to play. Oh, he keeps but biting. But I you. mean, the biggest Bow thing down. is Quack. when you get on a roll with a dog, it's hard to put him up because yeah. once you get used to that winning, you just mm-hmm. want to keep going. It's addictive, man. Uh, it? it is, and it's a prime example of shock. I mean, we took him from nothing to winning the Lone Star Shootout. What did we do right after Lone Star Shootout? 
Take him down to the Black IP. Mm-hmm. Get him in at the Black IP. What and do then we do Bear after that? Creek. Take him to the Bear Creek. An open event. <laughs> Win the Bear Creek. Then we take him to Nationals. I mean, and then we took him to Super States. But in, in our defense, when Wiz, Con, Duds, Dollar, Ralph, Shock, all of them were super hot, there wasn't a $2,500 Pro Classic every weekend. That is correct. And so we were burning these dogs up, and we were burning these dogs up $50 entry fees. Yeah. You know, winning 110 bucks. You know, they'd just be torched. We'd yeah. torch them getting truck tickets. We'd torch them running state races. And so... And thought we was doing something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we were, because it was hard. You think of, like, say this club right here in Nirvana, where I live right now, you could draw dollar, trader, dogs that have won all over the country in a $30 hunt on a Tuesday. Yeah, you know it's changed a lot just in the last six years. You guys know I don't travel much. That's one of the clubs I went to all the time, and I don't think I've ever been up there that I didn't at least draw a gold champion. And and even old Harley, oh. I'm bringing him up. That freaking Harley would beat your brains out around here. Yes, and he was hard to beat. And that was a dog that, if someone else would have had him and traveled with, he probably could have won a lot. But he's probably, what, well, a couple hundred dollars short of a silver champion. I was going to say, what's he won? He's never been in anything over yeah. $50 hunt. He got yeah. in the top 100 of the UKC world the one time they tried to take him to a world hunt. And I think he's got like $3,800 won, and he won most of it 54 or $72 at a time. I bet I you mean, that dog's I, got 200 cast wins. When I tried buying that dog... <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, that sucker was right. Jed offered him $10,000 off a road coon. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Right on the hood of my pickup. But back then, and now I go to a $30 hunt, which I have, when was the last time I went to a $30 hunt? About two years ago. Yeah, I'd say it's been a while. I probably when Con was, it'd been probably four years ago that I went to very many of them in a row. Yeah. Three years ago. or Yeah, three years ago. Colin was a three-year-old and I ran him for a truck ticket. I was going to say two yeah. years ago you was going to him but letting Jace handle. Yeah, yeah. Jace was handling. So. so, I mean, it's not... And they were a lot easier to win three years ago than they were five years ago. Right. They've changed a bunch. Legacy hunts and all that stuff. And so, what was we talking about? We was talking about burning dogs up. What else have we burned up? Is that all of them? Bones. Oh, yeah, we burnt Bones up, too. That dog won Super Stakes mm-hmm. and then won that Pro Classic down in Oklahoma. Oil Field Classic. Yeah, and then hasn't been able to win since, has he? Nope. He just, I mean, there's only certain dogs in this world that cannot or can take the road. Meltdown. There's only one dog, and I am a firm believer in this, the greatest dog to ever travel is Meltdown. Oh. Because we're sitting here talking about these $30 hunts, these you know, week-long open events. Meltdown was Adam. Then continued it through the Pro Classics when they started mm-hmm. coming. The dog won no matter where he was at. And then Nikki proved even Dustin done great with him. Weed done awesome. Oh, we, you can't absolutely. take nothing away from Weed and Meltdown. But Nikki Hale bought that dog and still kept winning. Yep. I mean, that dog, and Nikki is... It ain't like just some Joe Schmo bought him. Nicky's a pretty good dog man, yeah. you know. But how old was he when Nicky bought him? He was eight. pushing age then. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he was eight or something. He died when he was eight, I think. Nicky was able to get two pups out of it. And Nicky just won $50,000 with the only male pup alive out of Meltdown. Now, here's, here's this. Here's the difference between a PKC guy that wants to win money and a UKC guy that wants to get 
a trophy a trophy or pups or whatever he wants to get kurt's kurt's going to talk about this we're recording this the day before kurt airing's podcast is going to air which is going to be great fantastic <laughs> it's great but uh kurt talks about the difference he says ukc guys are breeders he goes, not the PKC guys don't, but the UKC guys are more leaning towards the breeder side. So a UKC guy is going to take a lipper pup, a lipper semen pup, a Dr. Law or a whatever yep. one of them freaking litter of impact things were, and he's going to make him a show champion and immediately to the stud pen. Yep. You take Nikki Hale, meltdown until Ruby passed him, was the winningest dog of all time. The absolute number of casts that Meltdown won, I don't think will ever be eclipsed. I don't believe so. I don't know the exact number, but he was winning. He got hunted five nights a week, six nights a week in casts yep. until he was eight. And that was from Texas yes, to Michigan. to everywhere. Yeah. I mean, he'd be, he'd be up in Michigan at a week-long open event, and the next thing you know, he'd be down in Texas at the Lone Star, and he'd be... And so Nikki takes... Uh, he gets him collected. He'd never been able to raise any pups out of him. Nobody had. He was dead semen, and he, he, every, nothing would stick with him. And so Nikki gets him collected and finally gets two pups. It's a male and a female. The female sold as a baby, six-week-old, getting ready to be weaned pup for $12,000. Nikki takes the male and keeps him, starts him, hunts him, and now is turning him loose in these hunts and winning money with him. Mm-hmm. Don't care what he's worth. That's the only living male, the only male pup ever born out of the one of the winningest dogs of all time, and Nikki's just cutting him. But if, on the other hand, like you were saying, the difference between UKC and PKC is if it, Kurt Ehring had him yeah. or somebody that was big into the UKC, yeah. he'd be sitting in a stud pen. Oh, he would. He and he probably wouldn't be winning that 50. Now, don't... Kurt would take him. Kurt takes Whitey, and y'all guarantee Whitey's going to be oh, in the yeah. stud pen because that's the way Kurt operates. But he wouldn't have won as much as Nikki's no. going to win with this dog. No. And Nikki you, may never raise a litter of pups out of him. Who I, knows? I can tell you one thing. You give me that Whitey dog. Hey, Whitey looked I would last put, time I drew him. I will put my foot to that floorboard and run that dog because <laughs> that sucker is a cone trier. Now, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explain the last cast I was in with Whitey, and it was rain at the Memphis Pro Classic $2,500 entry fee. And me and Kurt, you guys are going to hear about this, or you've, or by the time this airs, you've already heard it. And we talk about the little dust-up we had. Me and Kurt got into it pretty good in that cast. So, and what it was is Rain treed four coons. Kurt says he only treed three because one I couldn't score because it jumped. And Kurt don't believe me. And Kurt says, well, you're the only one that's seen it. <laughs> Which I am the only one that's seen it, but the the coon jumped while they were, they were squalling a tree next to where a dog where rain was tree. So her first coon got circled. She goes on to tree three more. Now, Whitey looked good. I can't take nothing away from Whitey. He was 200 out of the pickup on a coon by himself. He was a quarter and a hundred on another coon by himself. And so the dog's at 325. I've screwed, or no, he's at 50 and a hundred. Anyway, the dog's beat me by a quarter or something like that. And so I'm sitting at rain's tree and... What they did is they scored dogs out of order with a one dog declared, not declared treat, which you can't do. Mm-hmm. Under no circumstances can you score dogs out of order with a dog not declared treat. Now, this affected me in two ways. For one, it took me away a lot of hunting time, probably 30 minutes, 
and it allowed Kurt to take Whitey, who was leading the cast, and lead him a mile to my tree, not turning loose, and then another 900 yards to another dog's tree, and then turn loose with those three dogs and eat up strike points. So I should have been turned loose by myself for a quarter strike, and I should have had 30 minutes to go tree another coon and beat Kurt. But it didn't happen. I questioned the call. I used the rules. I said, look, Josh, you can't, Josh Thornhill was judging. He's a great guy and usually a pretty good judge. He just made a mistake. Not a big deal. I said, I'm going to question it. And so we go back. At the end of the hunt, I had scored three. I had been under three coons. Kurt had been under three coons on the card. I had treed all three of mine. Uh, Whitey, and Kurt's going to be so mad when he hears this, Whitey backed rain on that coon. <laughs> the last coon we cut loose with nine minutes left. Rain trees it. Whitey backs it. Kurt's probably going to be mad, but that's what happened. And uh, anyway, that gave Kurt the lead because he was struck for 100, mm-hmm. and I was struck for 50. And so that ended up, Kurt beat me by a quarter, so the question was going to matter. We get back to the clubhouse. We sit in front of the panel. Uh, I believe Chet Trent, Mike Hensley, and Sean Wood were on the panel. They award me 17 minutes of hunting time. They said, you guys got to go back out. Uh, the scores are this, which puts me still down a quarter with 17 minutes to go, which I like my odds because rain was really sharp. She'd look good all weekend. She'd got in the night before even. And so I said, all right, cool, let's go. Well, then Hensley goes, well, we can't extend the hunt deadline. Well, there's, it's 2.45, and the hunt deadline's at 3, and we've got 17 minutes to hunt. I said, well, how's this going to work? He goes, I don't know. He goes, there's no appeal. We can't extend the deadline. I said, well, we've got to flip coin. And so... It was a $4,000 coin flip. <laughs> so We like them coin flips. We do, so. we do, in high card. I in tried to get cards. Kurt to draw cards. He wouldn't yeah. draw cards. And so we flip a coin. I told, now, listen, Kurt, if you're listening to this, <laughs> I told you to call heads. I done got paid the night before, but it was Jed's money, and I wasn't going to waste <laughs> it. I was going to do all I could to win, but I told you to call heads. And Kurt wouldn't call it. He goes, I ain't calling it, you call it. I said, all right, it's going to be heads. Sean flips it. It's heads. I win $4,000. Kurt don't win nothing. Kurt's mad. But in Kurt's defense, a couple days later, he calls Jed. He calls me. We're all good. But anyway, that was, our, that was me and Kurt's last cast. And everybody, when I told them that I was getting him, setting him down for the podcast, they're like, he ain't still mad at you? I said, nah. I said, Kurt don't stay mad long. Kurt's a good dude. And we had a lot of fun down there. But back to our original point, that Whitey is a pretty good dog. Yeah. He, there's nothing wrong with Whitey. Yep. Rat, he's out a rat and a... I don't know what he's I don't even know. If it's a track man female, surely. I'm guessing. Gotta All be. I know is that's a, that's a coon. If him and Buzz bred it to rat semen, it's surely a, a track, track man. man something. Yeah. We'll be right back after we get this quick word from our sponsor. Check out Dogs Are Treat at dogsartreat.com. And if you go to their website at checkout and enter the code HXP20% off, you will get 20% off of your entire order on all of their branded products. Leashes, tie-outs, medical kits, paws are protected. Build your pack from the ground up and support a fellow houndsman that supports your lifestyle. Enter the code HXP20% off at checkout. Go to their website today at dogsartree.com. So anyway, that's Kurt. Just to clear one rules question up, uh-huh. you said under no circumstances can you tree or score out of order. You can if the hunt's over, correct? Yes, yes. if the hunt's over. But 
not if the only time you can the only time you can score out of order in PKC is if all dogs are declared tree. Correct. I just and during this, and I don't know what Josh was thinking, uh, Clifford's dog was not declared treat. And they let they scored out of order. They let Kurt walk Whitey to me, which none of that should have been done. Yant knew better. But, but he withdrew. But Yant withdrew, and he said, yeah, go ahead, because he wanted to get his hands on tank and didn't want to have to walk another two miles. <laughs> so Yant, Yant ain't no dummy. He said, it ain't my problem. I got my dog. I got my hands on my dog. There's another good dog. Yeah. Tank's a good dog. Yeah. And so anyway, what were we talking about? We was talking about Kurt and Whitey and dogs blowed up. Anything else? Not on dogs blowed up. I think we went through them all. <laughs> There's a bunch. We blew a bunch of them we up. We blew a bunch like. of dogs up. Everybody has. Yeah. These dogs don't. They're they're flashing a pan. That's why meltdown is such a freak. Yeah. And Ruby to an extent, but Wes and Brett were really smart about where they took her. You don't see Ruby at. Well, Ruby, you know when she's when she was to, though for a while. Brett was running her in state races, and they went out to right. But Labor Day Classic they, and stuff. What they started doing with her was just sixty five hundred dollar entry fee. Yeah. It's twenty five hundred dollar. And and they bred her. Yeah. You know, that says a lot about the dog, too. Yeah, I she's mean, raised she's, three litters above. And and still wins, yeah. you know, quite consistently. So well, I, there's just very few dogs that you don't blow up. I mean, you take shock like that, the other night. Yeah, how, take many, coons, out, how he, many coons did the shock tree pleasure hunt the other night? Nine coons and nine trees, nine coons, and they're all layups and oaks. Yeah. I mean, it's just one of those things where you're like, where is this dog at when you go to a hunt? Well, no. you get to a hunt, he knows he don't want to be there. Me and shock don't get along. Well, yeah. to recap Jed's The Truth series, I think he said in there, you know, about putting them in dog boxes, traveling with them, making them sleep in a dog box, so that you're kind of expecting you know whether that dog's burn up before you go down the road yeah, yeah. or not. And one thing I always wanted to do is raise a pup, just like I do that healer that goes to work with me every day, raise a coon dog in the dog box for 10 months, 11 months from the time they're babies, haul them with you all the time, still coon on them and everything, and know that that's where they live and the comfortable situation is you don't know where you're going to get turned loose but then you go through all that and you may go a year and a half and the dog ain't no good yeah. <laughs> so you gotta start all over that's a lot of work yeah <laughs> and we've been through some of them that ain't yes, no good too. We have. Yes. but how many though now here lately i think we've got our pup starting down to a science we don't have very many of them that can win. <laughs> What's that look for, Jen? Y- y'all might, but I don't. <laughs> but I'm just saying. He said start, they not win. Yeah. You oh, know? Well, there we go. We, I, mean, how I don't, many, I don't know coming. what he's calling started. Like, just get out of the box or actually run and tree a coon. Or, I mean, I don't, I'm not well, for sure on the scale. Let's take the percentage of the dogs that we raise as puppies by, we, I mean, me and Zane, because Jed, he ain't messing with that. Uh, how many of them do we raise as puppies that will you can turn loose by themselves that will run and treat it? Probably 80%. Yeah, most of them that most me of them and you have raise. had together, except for the two that's come to my house. <laughs> <laughs> so by we, I mean me. <laughs> but no, but seriously, most of them will run and treat coon by themselves. Yeah. You look at the ones we've sold, you know, I don't know how many there's been, a bunch, and they will run and treat coon, but people don't understand how low a bar that is. Yeah. We don't... There's, those dogs are common. We can tree. We can start a pup that'll you can turn loose and'll tree coons consistently. Easy. I don't want to say it's super easy, but it's borderline super freaking easy. Hey, can we do without the whispering? You're starting to remind me of Joe Biden. <laughs> <laughs> I can't handle it. He'll be smelling you next. Hey, I need to. I need to know if you guys are vaccinated. <laughs> That's what I need to know. 
we're good. We're good. All right. But anyway, I just don't. It's easy. <laughs> we giggle in that, Finley. <laughs> Quit beating things on the table. I'm just saying. What? It's not easy, it's is what he's easy. saying. <laughs> Jed, because I can't get a pup. Yeah, but here's Jed's, here's Jed's deal. Here's Jed's problem with starting a pup. Is he's got three dogs in his kennel all the time that you can take out and win a cast with or win a major event with. Right now you got... Wish well, you, I had them problems. Yeah, I know. Small problem. <laughs> well, when you've got Rain and Scent getting ready for the world hunt, or Rain, you've just spent a $2,500 entry fee for me to handle her down at Sean's, or a $6,500 down the black eye you ain't worried about that pup. No. That pup sits in that kennel. You ain't messing with that pup. Where me, when That's... I'm not handling Rain, or Zane, when he's not you know, getting whiz ready, we would rather take that pup out. Yes, we'd rather hunt young yes, dogs. And rather... when anything I've ever watched you start, like you said, you put everything else to back burner. Yep. You're mad at Con, you're mad at Dudge, you buy a pup, and you spend six months with it. Yes, a hard hunt. You just give me the wax, I'll do the polish. <laughs> but, and also, my thing is, and Jed's the exact opposite, is the hard part is when those dogs have to go from tree and coons consistently alone to getting ready to be in a cast. I've done that with Con, and I've done that with a couple others, not many duds, but I hate that part because i got to travel. Well, I was going to say, the difference is is you know what it takes to gather four of them up. Just yeah. like me and Jed before Super Stakes. <laughs> he called him said, come over. I want to put these dogs with some yeah. strange dogs. So what do we do? We turn four or five loose at a time. Ugh. And it's miserable. It's not it fun. Is. It's absolutely It is. But now, when a young dog's getting better every night, that's fine. But the problem is... But when i got to go to Eagleville and turn loose Con with Mary and three other dogs that I don't know, and they're spread all over the country, and they're... What was that? That dog? was Bogan, not that Jed. That was the dog, all right. But they're spread all over the country. That's not very much fun. Jed likes that part. Yeah. He likes getting dogs ready to be in a cast. I don't. I just assume wait till they're... No, he, he gets a tickle out of cutting yeah. four or five and watching them scatter. And oh, yeah. Like I said, in three hours. The three week hours before Super Stakes, we cut them, and I think mine was, what, 1.9 down that creek? Yeah. And he's sitting over there giggling. They're still going. <laughs> <laughs> he said, he said I'm going to give you a little advice. He said, if you go Super Stakes, try not to cut loose on a creek. <laughs> yep, there you go. <laughs> but, but the thing is, when you get to that point, that's where I can see a dog progress, where – a lot of people see them progress when they're a young dog. I like to see them progress winning. And that's my big thing about it. And like he said, that's where we're different because I'm with Josh. I just I don't want a puppy puppy like he starts, but mm-hmm. give me something that's just started tree and coons. I like to hunt young dogs that you can watch progress and, and tree coons by themselves. I just don't like – I like hunting alone. I do. You know, well, that's of, not all by choice. No, it's not true. I mean, I got my only, I got my only two friends here with me today. So no, I like I no. Have Yant's your Yant friend, and too. Yant, and Yant. I guess we're up to three. But, uh, you know, I like hunting on my terms and my terms only. Yeah. And so Jed's the same way. Now, Jed can Jed shake his head, like, but he's the same way. Like, you don't want to – it's got to be his buggy. It's got to be his gun, his stupid gun that you can't hit nothing with. Hey. You couldn't hit this house from the inside of it with this gun, but Jed's got to pack this stupid thing all the time. The other thing is, when I like to watch them scatter, I do like to watch that happen when the crops are out. Yes. Yeah. Because we have had to do some walks. Yes, we have. And uh, those beans, oh, man, they ain't fun to walk through. 
hopefully where we're going tonight's got the crops out. I'm pretty sure there's roads everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Are you guys going over here on the other side of the house? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's good. Hunting. You'll be all right. Me and Jed drove to all the trees the other night. We had to walk 200 yards to scent. Yeah. And we seen some otters. Yeah. Almost ran one over with the ranger. It was but, fun. And found a, found a nice oh, yeah, we set of lock those, horns. Yeah, yeah, under Con's slick tree. Yeah. Con was like one for, I don't know, 27 or something. He hadn't been out all summer. It wasn't good. He was getting wooded. So he, he went from... Wooded. 37 to out of 38 to one out of 27. Yes. He retrieved 30. It was his 37th that he missed, right? Yeah. Because he missed a mulberry slick. Yep. He retrieved 36 coons in a row and missed his 37th. And then we put him up all summer. And then he's about to reverse them. Yeah, he's going to go 0 for 31 ever now, and it'll be 50%. <laughs> all right. Anything else you guys want to add? How long have we been doing this? About an hour. Yeah. Well, the previous podcast, I will say one thing about that. Um, Jason Daughtry's previous podcast about his life and how it's come around. That was awesome. That was absolutely probably the most amazing podcast I've ever listened to. Yes. To be honest with you, um, a lot of respect for Jason. I mean, I didn't know anything about that, you know, his whole life story. But, I mean, to turn your life around like that. Yes, and I don't know Jason personally. You know, I've talked to him on the phone once. I met him out at Super Stakes, but uh, he, he defined the truth there, and I yep. think that's the way he always is. I called him about a dog one time. It's the only time I talked to him on the phone, and he had an ad, you know, don't call to talk dogs. I said, I got one question for you. I said, hey, is that dog accurate? He said, don't even use accurate in this dog in the same sentence. <laughs> I said, thanks for your time. <laughs> yeah, but no, I mean, that was, I really think that was an eye-opener for a lot of people out there. It was a powerful story because, and Ward touched on it, uh, what you'll hear from Wes and Brett will touch on it about all the trouble that they stayed out of because of dogs, because of this sport. And, I mean, it may have saved Darty's life. Oh, absolutely. I I feel it did. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Jason's awesome. Zane, anything you want to add? I don't think so. You've added enough already anyway. Yeah, well, on that note, I've got a few more things to talk about. <laughs> but we are going hunting tonight. Yeah, you know Zane that. and Jed are going hunting. I'm going to stay home. I got to get. I got to get packed. I got to go do Josh's dirty work. That's don't right. Get, you got to get, get that dog ready. ready. Hey, rains. Rains paid a lot of bills this summer. For you? Yeah, I know. I ain't worried about your bills. <laughs> <laughs> but she did have the wheels fall off a little bit on Saturday, so yeah. Don't and worry, Jed will get it right for you. Oh, yeah. I, I would say the wheels tonight, we'll see if they're turning again. Yeah. Hey, I do got one more thing I want to talk about. What's you that? did not bring up your late round cast with Big Brother where he put it on you. Oh, I'll tell you what. My. I'll tell you exactly, I'll tell you exactly <laughs> oh, what. Oh, my. The bad thing is me and bro- Big Brother both thought out of the pickup that Salt was going to just destroy us. Because Salt goes in there and, I mean, drives this coon in there and bang, gets treed. Uh Rain gets treed right after that, and Venus gets treed right after that, probably within 30, 40 seconds of each other. But they were in a line, so we couldn't tell if they were split or not. Me and Venus both went in for a quarter. We get in there. They're all three split. They all three got coons. And this is 10 minutes into this cast. I'm thinking we are going to have a shootout, absolute shootout. Cut loose off that, and everything mud holed for about an hour. Probably 45 minutes. Venus banged around. Rain banged around. Salt never made a bark. I'm pretty sure George struck Venus, and Chris didn't catch it. But 
I wasn't sure at the time. I mean, I'm pretty sure now. Actually, I was sure at the time, too. Jeremy's <laughs> probably pretty sure. George is probably even pretty sure. But anyway, uh, I get struck for 50 again, but Venus beats or rain beats around in this water. Venus, is, she's barking in front of us back and forth. She's not really doing anything. This goes on for 45 minutes. And then pretty soon, uh, rain gets treated. We get in there, she's got a coon. Venus gets treated. Venus has got a coon. Salt gets treated. We're walking to salt. Now, Salt can still beat me at three and a quarter. Venus took a 100 pump because she got treed for a little bit. Jeremy treated her, and she left. She took a minus. And so right now, I'm just worried about Salt. Uh, Venus trees another coon. Oh, Venus treed two coons in between then. And then, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's how we got the <laughs> Then Well, the bees. We got into a oh, nest yeah, of bees. Oh, yeah, I forgot about the bees. Yes. Venus is, I think it was her. No, she just treed one. Her second coon was a bee tree. And we're in there shining it, and we find the coon. Here he is. Next thing I know, Chris Gay screams like a woman. Jeremy said he thought there was a bunch of cheerleaders over there that had seen a mouse or something. And I scream, and everybody scream. Everybody's getting stung by ground bees, and we all run out of there. Venus has got a coon. Uh, salt's treed. We're walking to salt. Rain gets treed behind us. And uh, at that time, rain had treed two coons. Venus had treed two coons. And Venus had took a hundred pump, so even though she beat me on strike, I was still going to win this cast. But Salt is in there at three twenty-five if she, if Salt has a coon, so I got a tree rain. And so I tree rain behind us. Dog's trying to drink. Anyway, I tree, I tree rain behind us. I go walk it in there, and I hear Venus come tree. But Jeremy had walked in there to Salt, and I had my fingers crossed because Venus flew through there and bang, and I knew she had a coon. I got my fingers crossed this hunt's winding down that Jeremy can't hear. But you can hear that coyote sounding thing for freaking three miles. Man, she carries <laughs> forever. And so they come walking to me, and if I got a coon, none of this matters. I ain't got nothing. I got a great big, viney, messy tree that you couldn't hardly shine in. But the way she done it, I don't think she had a coon. I think she was trying to lay a coon up. Because when rain trees really, really, really hard, um, she, she was 100 barks a minute in there just calcing them off. She usually ain't got nothing. That's when the wheels fell off. Yes, yes. She was real sharp for five straight coons, and then her last one, she, she kind of derailed. So I couldn't find nothing in that tree, and, of course, Jeremy heard Venus, and she got ahead of coon, and she beat me. But I'll take one and two. Michaela's brother's one and two. That's pretty cool. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that might be the first time I've drawn Jeremy since I was, like, 17. That's it's probably was, a good thing, though. Yeah, probably. That's <laughs> what I was getting ready to say, you know. I'm sure you drawed each other before, but that's pretty yeah. cool that you and them bigger money hunt yeah. like that and end up first and second yeah that's the first time that's ever happened and i don't know i mean we'll, we'll be like the burdens here before long we'll be like the first family of coon hunt it'll be the that's stollards right. that's right <laughs> <laughs> so no it was fun sean puts on a good hunt down there the food is great yeah always does man that sean can freaking cook all them pro classics are like that though the ones I'm, we put on in Memphis and Texas and all them all over the country man them are the best hunts to go to sean's got some of the best hunting around he's too. got really good yeah. hunting I think we scored five coons early, five coons late, which is not easy to do. No. And then uh, the second night, I don't know how many coons we scored. I, of course, I withdrew after the first hour, but they, I mean, they treat a bunch of coons second night, too. So. All right. Anything else, fellas? Nope. Let's go coon hunting, boys. Oh, there he is. There's Kurt. That's the uh, Kurt Bringing out the inner right Kurt. There. All right. We're going to close ready. this out. We're going to make this a monthly deal. We get you guys. We're gonna sit down. We're gonna talk about the past podcast. We're gonna next time, which I had that this time, but I couldn't find it. Uh, we're gonna get some listener questions for Zane and Jed, and then uh, we're gonna go through some of that stuff too. So, I think this was about as truthful as we can make it. Yeah, absolutely. 
All right. Thanks for if joining you, me. Yeah. One last thing. What's if that? you want to know how to blow up a dog, come see us. Yeah, just go. <laughs> come see I'd us. Get, get it running a tree and coon, send hey. it to Jed. It'll be blowed up in a year. Maybe next time we can talk about what we've done right <laughs> instead we're, of what we've done wrong. We're really good at getting dogs to where they can win. Yeah. We're just having a hard time keeping them there. Which is a hard time problem with everybody. Yeah. The problem is summer. Yeah. I, Absolutely. Man, I hate summer. I think we would be better served to like go to Alaska in the summer where it's cool somewhere and still keep on. Let's not is there coons in Alaska? I, sure, there's coons everywhere. You know. told me that you could turn a coon dog loose anywhere and he could tree a coon. <laughs> hey, hey, in the sand hills, there was coons out there. Yeah. I see oh, yeah, hit on the road. Out there. And there's no trees. Yeah. There was coons in Montana when we was up there, and there wasn't no trees north of Haver either. I always said about Con is you could turn him loose in an absolute coon zoo or coon desert. That dog's going to treat you two coons. You could turn him loose in an absolute coon zoo, and that dog's going to treat you two coons. <laughs> in, in unless, two he, hours. unless he's on his streak that he is now. Yeah, yeah then he'll treat zero coons. <laughs> he'll still make two trees. <laughs> he'll tap two trees, though. Yeah. I won't need one have anything in it. <laughs> All right. Thanks for joining me, guys. I hope everybody enjoyed it. Uh, we're going to do this once a month, and uh, it's going to be, I don't know, we're going to have to call this some kind of the Zane and Jed hour or something. I don't know what we're going to call it. But anyway, we're going to do it again. Thanks, thanks for, for having us. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for having us. Thanks for being here. Uh, thanks for listening to The Truth on the Houndsman XP Podcast Network.